The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The business of on the Pat Kenny Show with Croke Park meetings and events. Taste our new 50 mile menu with ingredients all sourced within 50 miles of the stadium. Visit croakepark.ie. Most of us of a certain generation will never have tried dating apps in order to meet a life partner. But it's certainly become a big business and our business editor, Joe Lineman, has been looking at it. Uh, Joe, good morning. The business of finding a soulmate has gone global. Yes, it has. Whether it's Bumble or Match.com or Tinder, people are sometimes paying large premiums equivalent to joining a gym or to find a partner. Tinder used to charge more, in fact, for those people over 20 years, 29 years of age, assuming that they could afford more money. The fee for face-to-face agencies might uh, might even be more again. Although Tinder has most users worldwide at 530 million, it doesn't make as much money as Match.com or Bumble, which allows women only to initiate contact. Mm. Now, how big is this business and how fast is it growing? Well, it's it, it's it's growing exponentially, um, and during lockdown, it grew by twenty eight percent for obvious reasons because people couldn't get out to the pubs or for whatever reason. Uh, Pew Research said um, that they found that almost half of those polled believe that dating has become more difficult in the past decade. Uh, and of those who used a dating site or app, forty five percent said the experience left them feeling a bit more frustrated, while only twenty eight percent said that it left them more hopeful. In fact, the traditional face-to-face introduction services or matchmaking agencies are seeing a surge in popularity. Jennifer Haskins formed the matchmaking agency Two's Company 17 years ago and she says so many people are having bad experiences with dating apps and the swiping right and left that her type of personal introduction service is benefiting. The way people project themselves on dating sites is mainly false. Um, it drives envy, materialism and false expectations. There's a huge focus on looks. There's a, a need for instant gratification or connection, which doesn't actually happen. Most people will report uh, cases where they were ghosted. You know, these expressions like ghosting, breadcoming, zombieing, benching. They're all very negative expressions. With his company, I find the people that come to me have become disenchanted or disillusioned with the dating apps. I'd say 80% of my members will have tried other platforms and then they come to me and they want real matchmaking. They want to know the person they're meeting is genuine, wants a relationship. They're guaranteed introductions. They're going to actually physically get to meet somebody. So there's an inbuilt guarantee in the service that they appreciate and require. Jennifer Haskins there and, and a whole new lexicon has developed uh, Jennifer mentioned breadcrumbing or zombieing <laughs> yes. what are those I things? have to admit I'd never heard of them before um, ghosting is of course pretty well known and you simply stop responding to someone who you may have been messaging online i.e. you treat them like a ghost breadcrumbing is where one person cuts back on communication but sends you the odd breadcrumb of a message to keep you on the back burner. Zombieing is where someone has ghosted you entirely but then, like a zombie, comes back from the dead to full communication and interest. (laughs) Now, what kind of person do you think uses online dating? Well, it depends on your age, your gender and how much money you have. The biggest users of online apps are men with 61%. uh, 
And the biggest age group is 25 to 35 year olds. But also the wealthier you are, the more likely that you'll use them too. I need to stress that many, many people have great experiences using dating apps and often meet their life partner. My colleague Henry McKean asked a few couples earlier this year about their experiences using dating apps. And do you think modernizations of apps or even going back to old-fashioned times and introducing matchmaking efforts, getting friends and family to get involved, will that work or will it lose the spark? I would like, you know, dating life to keep it private, right? So having, and usually you don't tell anybody until maybe a couple of dates after. So I think getting your family or friends involved at the start, it's not for me because you'd be a pretty private person, but I'm sure maybe there's more open families out there. And what was the name of the dating site? Uh, Tinder. So you did meet on Tinder? Yeah. So it was all about, I suppose, love at first sight. It was about the the pictures, the photographs. Yeah, it basically was, yeah. Yeah, but really it was, just, it was just a channel for us to basically start communicating or talking because we had seen each other in person, didn't know each other, but once we matched on Tinder, then that started the conversation. So in terms of success stories... Uh, Bumble, I think, has to be up there. One of the youngest billionaires in Whitney Wolf Herd. Yes. Now, Bumble really is a huge success story. The company has now gone public uh, and it was founded by Whitney, who wanted to have a place where women could make the first move. Uh, so she became the youngest self-made female billionaire after Bumble went public in February 2021. So there were really is big money in dating apps. Here's a clip of her talking about why she set up the company. So from day one Bumble all the way to now, our mission statement has not changed all that much. We've always been in the business and in the mission of helping drive healthy and equitable relationships. And we originally started by putting women in control of the conversation and in control of sending that first message in an effort to recalibrate these power dynamics in relationships. And we've always been in the quest to really help engineer better and kinder behavior on the internet at large. Your brand really forms around your mission. And I think that if you are really true to your mission and you stay very rooted to achieving that mission, your brand and your values and your culture and everything else really start to form around that. So of course, we've had a lot of ups and downs along the way, which any entrepreneur will have, and you can never expect for the journey to be perfect or linear or easy. But if you really just try to say, what is my Northern Star? Where do I really put that pin in the map? and work backwards from that every single day, no matter how big or small the task is, your brand will really start to form around it. Whitney Wolf heard. I wonder though, Joe, when people start chatting online, will they actually be talking to a person or some AI bot in future? I, I, I think you might be right. I have a funny feeling that AI will advance at such a stage that you just tell it, okay, be charming, be nice, and don't be rude, and the other person won't know that they might be dealing with a piece of software or a piece of code. Of course, AI hasn't yet created artificial people. So when it comes to the face-to-face contact, I think they'll be found out. A dystopian future. Joe Lynham, our business editor, thank you very much. Thanks, Pat. The Business Of on The Pat Kenny Show with Croke Park Meetings and Events. Taste our new 50-mile menu with ingredients all sourced within 50 miles of the stadium. Visit croakepark.ie. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.